friends, how's it going? Welcome back to So Good So Far podcast. I'm Jackie. I'm Nicole. And today we have a very interesting episode. First, we're going to start out with a little life update. Not really much happening, but Nicole, what's going on with you? How was your Thanksgiving? My Thanksgiving was good. I just spent it with a few family members, my dad, my sister, and her husband. And we just, we made way too much food. There was a couple other people who were supposed to come. They ended up being sick, so they couldn't come, unfortunately. We had enough food to literally feed like 20 people. It was really yeah, so same, much. Same with my family. And I had a little wine. I had to work the day before and the day after Thanksgiving, so I didn't like really do anything crazy. Um, other than that, I've just been continuing to train at my new job. And that's honestly it. I'm so busy with that, I feel like, <laughs> that I'm not doing anything else. Which is fine. I really li- I'm enjoying it, but it's really weird to get back into working five days a week, which I think I said that last time. That's okay. Not everyone listens to every episode. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what's going on in your life? Yeah, my Thanksgiving was good. I spent it with my family, just like my immediate family. My brothers came home and we had like a dinner that probably could have fed 20, but it fed five and we have so many leftovers. That's ridiculous. I wanted to touch on something that I've been seeing a lot lately where it's so many people have been shaming people for going home for Thanksgiving mm-hmm. online. And it just really bothers me because, first of all, I feel like the there's double standards there. With Black Friday, people aren't really being like, hey, don't go Black Friday shopping. They're like, don't spend time with your family. Don't go home to your family because you're going to give your grandma COVID or whatever. I feel like there's just this double standard of like, okay, well, if it's for capitalism and the economy, it's fine. But if it's for your mental health and being with your family and spending quality time with the people that you love, that's not okay. And there's like so much hatred online of like people who are going home for the holidays, like just stay there, like just spend a holiday alone. It's not going to kill you. Well, honestly, yeah, it actually might because there's a lot of people who are struggling with mental health and suicide right now. And spending time with their family is the only way that they might make it through this hard time. Right, and I feel like especially for you, I I mean, just as an example, it's like you aren't someone who's like going out and partying, going out to all these different things, and then like going home to your family. You're not even working outside of your house. Like, it's not, and not to say that there should, like you shouldn't be able to see your family if you are, anything like that. It's just like, no one knows someone's specific situation and no one should be shaming someone for, going to see their family on a holiday like people you're clearly taking this very seriously of course and yeah my family is extremely important to me and having that support system is the only way that i can maintain healthy um, healthy mental state yeah and so that being said making the smartest choices and communicating i think like talking about how you're feeling is a huge part of this episode. So yeah, we're about to dive into a really great episode. We recorded it before this and it's super informative. We're talking about toxic masculinity. We are talking about the queer community. Um, just talking about oatmeal. Yep. We hit on, we touch on oatmeal for, you know, a, at length, I would say. So yep. stay tuned for that. We will be right back. I was going to say something. Oh, I was just going to say, I wish that we had... <laughs> I wish we could be like, right before we go into the episode, we're just going to thank a few of our partners. <laughs> I know. We just want to thank our partners for partnering with us today. 
Um, these partners have been truly amazing. You can go to our partner's website and get 15% off your first order with... If you use the, the code so good so far, you'll get 15% off our partner's website. And... <laughs> <laughs> Why are we drunk right now? <laughs> All right, we are back with our guest today. He is a college dropout, an old Navy mannequin, a model, and a world traveler on a frivolous path to find happiness. Please welcome to the podcast one of my very best friends, Tanner Ely. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> I feel like that well, last part really hit home for you. Um, yeah, wait. Welcome. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. He's quite just an intro. stunned from that I intro. Say, I'm stunned from that intro. intro like that. I really, really spent some time drafting that up. You would be shocked at the yeah, amount of exactly. drafts I threw out. <laughs> this one was the best one. I really like that you went with Old Navy Mannequin. Yeah. I'm honored. That's a big ongoing literally. joke. <laughs> Shout out to Anthony Fenning. We love him. <laughs> he certainly doesn't oh, listen to this podcast, oh but we love him anyway. Okay, well, welcome to the podcast. We're so glad you're here. And Are you sure you're glad I'm here? Oh, my God. Okay. I told you it was me, and you said you weren't prepared for anything. You said oh, that's yeah. what this you liked about it. This is it. No. You um, you liked that. Yeah, no, I did. Of course. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, how old you are, what you do, all that wow. good stuff. Well, I am almost 40 years old at this point. <laughs> and, um, By the time we start this podcast. Yeah. No, I am... Um, she said it all. I'm a college dropout. I <laughs> am an old Navy mannequin. I <laughs> no, I actually am in the process of moving from Los Angeles to the East Coast. It was supposed to be Northern Europe, um, but thanks COVID for everything this year, we are moving to New England instead. So um, in a little hold, bit of a holding pattern in Colorado. So here I am. But um, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. It is so good. This is episode seven or eight? 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 Episode eight. Yeah. eight. We're getting close to 10. I know. Wow. Yeah, I we're don't know so what excited. that means, but I will probably lose my shit at it. 10 is <laughs> definitely going to be a big milestone. Yeah. Uh, it feels like real. that's 10 weeks we've been doing this. Oh recording that is you know. awesome I'm, so, i remember I mean, when so good so far was just an idea yeah and here we are i know i know you've always so been our exciting. biggest number one supporter and we've always dragged you the most on this podcast so <laughs> it is nice to come on here <laughs> episode number eight after being dragged every single episode he didn't even know we were dragging board. him no but the thing is like i would <laughs> listen to it and then not i would fall asleep to it because it's not boring but like i would <laughs> no, fall no. asleep to this it, podcast but in it, your defense my best friend also falls asleep to this podcast right. but it's like something it's comforting to listen to yeah. i guess i would never yeah. say nicole's voice is comforting but i but jackie's sure <laughs> you like but, just a whole podcast of me yeah. it's like no one will get through the entire thing <laughs> just to clear my name after all the bashing nicole's like yeah. have you listened to the end have you listened to the end and every single time i go back <laughs> i am literally thrown to the fucking wolves like it's like it's really that's you get for never listening to the end that's on well, you i listen to every episode i'm like if he didn't text me he didn't listen to the whole thing i'm here to clear my name great episode are you um, sure did you listen to all of it <laughs> he's like i really love that episode i'm like did you though the whole thing <laughs> we, i don't know it's always like the last mm, three minutes so to get started 
Um, do you just want to tell us, like, kind of just share your story with us and tell us about that? Sure. I think I grew up with the least traditional upbringing in the most traditional way. I grew up in a semi-religious household. You know, I don't want to dive too deep into that, but I think um, it did play a part in my childhood. I grew up with my parents separating when I was 11 years old. We moved out of the town we were living in and moved 30 minutes south, um, and they built brand new homes one street away, the identical model homes, to make it easy on my brother and I. And so it was kind of interesting. You know, that but is I, interesting. I, they look, they're the exact same house. The exact same house. They Literally like, they the exact exactly same floor the same. plan. The only difference was at the end of the hall, my brother's room at my mom's house was on the right and mine was on the left. And at my dad's house, mine was on the right and his was on the left. Um, so it was like a change of senior, I guess you could say. But um, <laughs> it was the exact same house, one street away. And we lived that way for four years. And then my mom decided to move to Parker, Colorado. And I followed suit. And um, my brother ended up staying with my dad to finish out high school at the high school that he was at. And then I went and moved to Parker, was about to graduate high school there. And my mom moved to Utah for work. Um, and so the final year by myself, for high school I lived in this house and by myself um, senior year of high school you know and I think that that taught me and a lot and it made me grow up really fast because not only was I living by myself but it was my senior year and I was working um, my first like essentially full-time job and so that taught me a lot about who I was and who I wanted to be um, but I still decided to go to college as you all know that ended up um, ending in a dropout. Thanks, Nicole. But um, no, I went to five different Nicole colleges. Nicole made you just drop out. <laughs> Which I didn't know you in college. Yeah. No, I went to five different colleges, actually. Um, but at once? Yeah, all at once. <laughs> all at once. She's once. like, I just want to wow. get the full experience. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, so I started at fresh my freshman year at Western State in Gunnison, Colorado, which is, if anyone knows Gunnison that's listening to this, you know it's the most boring place in Colorado. <laughs> He's like, get out. <laughs> it's literally five hours from nothing. Um, has the second smallest Walmart in the world. And the average high temperature of the year I was there was nine degrees. And I was like, this is so not for me. Um, I love cold weather. I'm 100% Scandinavian, so I love cold weather, but that was just not it. Um, I actually ended up getting sick, um, having to do some chemotherapy, and was diagnosed with cancer my freshman year of college. And so I took a year off and went through that whole treatment process. And then I was like, I want to go somewhere warm. I want to go far away. I want to start fresh. So I went to the University of Hawaii and spent two and a half years there. And it was the best time of my life. I think that it was, um, you know, it was nice to be far away from home, but it was also nice to just like, have a clean slate, especially after what I went through medically. And, you know, they say that going through that process can be, there's a gray cloud that comes over your life. And if you think of it kind of like as a mind fog, and it's so true, but for me, that was like, it wasn't a gray cloud, it was a black cloud. Like there's a year of my life that I don't really remember. And so um, it was frustrating to me and I just needed to like really find myself and Hawaii was that. But it is self-defining. I think that it is a part of who I am and I think that it did give me this perspective in life that I have now, which is, you know, you don't know when your life is going to end and you don't know how long you have here. And it, it gave me that adventurous side. You know, I want to go out and I'm passionate about traveling and exploring and a lot of people don't understand why, but it is because like I've truly been dealt that card. I've seen like this could have been the end, you know? Um, the cancer I was diagnosed with has a survival rate that's like, a I should say a death rate that's 80%. Um, it's usually a childhood Jeez. bone cancer. And so like, I don't want to get deep into that, but I think that, you know, it, it really, you look at statistics online and people in these situations, they are given this information. You're only looking at numbers and you're like, I have 
an estimated survival rate for five years, event fee survival rate, you know, of fifteen percent. And you're like, how do I come up with that in life? Like, what, what, you know, those people that are given that ultimatum, it it gives you a perspective on life mm-hmm. that no one else has. Yeah, I remember in the episode with Zoe, she was like, I was faced with an existential understanding from like a young age, and I feel like that's kind of what happened to you, right. is you were just like faced with, I know I'm gonna die maybe from this maybe not but right. you knew that and there's some like good in that because i mean right. it seems like you've traveled a lot you've had a lot of like really world great traveler. experiences <laughs> yeah world traveler there you go yeah so i mean terrible as it is to yeah. have something like that when you're such a young kid it, it's brought some like good things right. to you it seems like i am so grateful and so thankful i wouldn't change an rb you know i think that yeah. um a lot of people around me who know me but don't know me to the deepest level know that or they don't understand you know they don't they don't see why I live the way that I live and it may look like I'm all over the place or that I'm you know moving frequently but that's by my choice like I that's what I'm passionate about I love exploring and immersing myself into new cultures and people and like that is just me and I think that a lot of people don't understand that and that's okay that's what I've been taught that's what that whole experience taught me um Mm -hmm. But other than that, I went to, yeah, I needed to leave that behind. I went to Hawaii. I moved out there. I lived with some family for the first few months, completely off the grid. I was guiding lava tours. That was my first job in Hawaii. I was taking people out at 6 a.m. to poke a stick into lava. That was (laughs) my job. Were you in school then? So the first few months, I went out there at the beginning of the summer. So like this was before school started. Mm -hmm. So I like wanted to get established. So I lived with them for a few months. Well, it turns out lava constantly is interrupting. Um, come to find out, it does stop. They're gonna say, it "Turns out lava shouldn't be touched no. with their hands." Well, one, it shouldn't. Honestly, <laughs> um, hey, he's like hot take. You're listening to this. There's a uh, warning. Do, please do not touch lava. Right, do Don't not try not that at it. home. <laughs> you know, the big, the Hawaiian culture is is completely against it, and I totally get it. Touching um, lava. Yeah. No, really, though. They're oh, you mean like. With like a stick or something. Right. So we, oh, the name of the, you just the com- want, they just want it to form how it's going to form. Right. Oh, well, okay. the thing is the, the name of the company was Pokestick Lava Tours. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah. So it was. Um, but so, the thing is like. The, he's like, they got some backlash. They did get canceled. <laughs> wait, they actually did though. That's the sad part. They actually got canceled because in the, let me tell you, in the Hawaiian culture, Pele, the goddess of the land of, of lava, which creates their land, um, it's, it's she's completely sacred and so poking that is essentially poking her and the hawaiian culture is big on their goddesses and gods and um you have to respect that when you live there and so i didn't know that at the time uh they were fine for the years i was there and it wasn't until a year or two ago that you know it, it caused an issue in hawaii um but yeah so i poked a stick into lava every day <laughs> needless to say Amazing. i shouldn't have but i did he was living <laughs> Yeah, um, but I got the whole Hawaiian experience. I got to live with my best friend Katie at the time, and she and I would study on the beach every day. We spent two and a half years there, and then I had the opportunity to start a business in Colorado. So I came back to Colorado and started a company with a high school buddy of mine, and went to two different colleges here for certificates enhancements on a degree that I didn't get. Um, and then, so sorry. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you got to, yeah. Um, but started this company and it taught me so much about how to start a company more than school ever taught me. It was for, it was a four-year project. Um, we never so basically st- like school. That was basically yeah. college for you. No, I honestly <laughs> learned so much more doing that. Like real world applicable experience yeah. is so much yeah. useful. And I feel like you're so much more adapted to professional 
life and a career than many people who went to college are. Andrew, the college experience. Yeah, Yeah. I feel like when it comes to like creative fields, personal experience is always better than education. Like I really wish that I would have just taken those four years that I went to college and just like, because I was an English major and just like traveled and wrote in places. I feel like I would have learned like way more. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that I went to college for a total of four and a half years, which, you know, I'm just a few credits away from graduating and I can always go back. But um, I would much rather take that real world application mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it did set me up for a career that I jumped into. I spent five years managing restaurants after that, um, met some of the most amazing people in the industry, had a lot of opportunity, ended up <laughs> met moving. me. I did meet you at a restaurant. That was the, yeah, that 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 was the downside wow. of working in a restaurant. Wow. Um, yeah, Nicole and I met five at years ago at BJ's. Working at BJ's. Oh, five years BJ's ago. BJ's Brewhouse. Shout out to them. Yeah, that means we have been friends them. for so long. I know. Too long? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not talk about that. Um, but yeah, so I managed restaurants. Then I decided I wanted to change it up a little bit. I moved out to Los Angeles. I spent a total of two years out there. I managed restaurants out there as well. Did some commercial work. I'm signed with an agency in Denver, but never looked at that as a long-term career because the sustainability aspect of that is not pleasant. And I think that I have bigger ambitions and goals. So, so yeah, I came back to Colorado in the meantime. I am hoping to start my own business when I move to New England. I have a couple ideas in mind. So you're moving to the East Coast next. What was it about the West Coast? Like, why wouldn't you go back there? Because you were there once and then you went back again a second time. Did you just have a realization that this wasn't where you were supposed to be like the second time around? What brought me out there initially was just the purely wanting to experience something new. Um, I was in a relationship at the time, which ended very poorly but um was the reason i left initially you know i think that it put me in a bad spot it made me realize that la wasn't necessarily the place i wanted to be um so i came back to colorado this was a year ago year and a half ago Mm -hmm. and spent the summer here living with nicole actually living with you um worst summer of our lives it was really bad we shared a 300 square foot studio Studio apartment apartment. and our beds were separated by a curtain it Um, was horrific (laughs) 10 out of 10 would not recommend we also worked together and we hated each other it was bad that was the worst our friendship's ever been yeah but we're good now we love each other pay me to do that no anyone it was so rough it's just because we were in such close quarters 24 hours a day right whether it was at work at home we never had a break never Never. That it is, was so bad. Was, you were like, if I see your face one more time. I literally was like, I'm going to throw myself out of this one story apartment. <laughs> she, there was a day she, uh, we could all have to dive into that, but she threw oatmeal out. Okay. <laughs> she, okay. We could talk about this at the end of the episode because that's going to be some weird shit that you do, which is he eats oatmeal with room temperature water. Yeah. He and thinks that was that's worth cooked. throwing oatmeal at him for? No, no. You don't know the full story. She Once again. She threw oatmeal all over her apartment. No, it was everywhere. Just, Guess well, who got to clean it up? Her. Me, I cleaned it up because you. F- this is what happened. Let me you just say it, this. You clean it up. I have to throw. Me? No, no, I didn't throw it first. That's what he's not sharing and never shares. All the time he's like, she threw oatmeal all over me, and I'm like, not before. I was sitting in my bed minding my own fucking business, just chilling. I had already eaten breakfast. He makes up. Let me just tell you this sociopathic meal he fucking cooked. <laughs> he pulls out a cup, a plastic cup. He puts in dry oats, <laughs> lukewarm water from the tap, mixes it up with a spoon, and I was like, you're Wait, not I gonna... Wait, I had honey, too. 
And then there was honey in it. But the honey's, it the honey's not going to dissolve. Sweeten it up a little bit. It's not hot. With lukewarm water, it does. It doesn't. Not cold no, water. It doesn't. It wasn't, it wasn't, and I know that because I had to clean it up. So I said, are you going to cook that? Like a normal person, right? You would say that, right? Are you going to cook that? He said, it's cooked. I said, no. Cooking is a chemical reaction. Don't, don't jump in. Mute your mic. He said, I said, cooking is a chemical reaction that makes the oats and water like cook together and it becomes oatmeal not just wet oats we went back and forth about this whatever i was like okay live your truth eat this fucking wet oatmeal he comes over he says try it he puts it on a spoon where's the spoon he puts it on a spoon he says try it just try it nicole nicole (laughs) just try it i said i already ate breakfast i don't want it he's like just try it right up in my mouth just try it and i was like no sitting in bed glasses on that's important he has a spoonful of oatmeal. Now he'll say, don't jump in. I will literally slit your throat. He'll say, I drained it off first. No. He has it on the spoon, shovels it out of the cup. And he goes, and I was like, you're not going to do it. And I was like, oh, he's, he's going to do it. Flings it all over my face, all over my glasses, the wall behind me, my shirt. You best believe. Okay, wait. I sure shit jumped out of bed. Faster than if my fucking bed was on fire. Grabbed that out of his hand and threw it all over him. You're damn right I threw it all over him. And then I cleaned it up. Okay, I did. Finally, the story is out for the world to hear before he gets to say, she threw oatmeal all over me. No. No. Wait, one. You threw the first punch. I never claimed it. Okay, I'm going to justify this. All right, justify why you fucking threw that on my face. We don't need to talk on this oatmeal forever, but I feel like I need to clear some things up. Um, (laughs) Okay. I never once claimed the oatmeal was cooked. You asked if I was going to heat it up. It was I said it's not not oatmeal, and you said, yes, it is. Right, but has anyone listening to this, have you ever had overnight oats? It's the same exact thing. But it sits in there for much, much, much longer. But it still gets soggy. They soak everything up. But it still gets soggy. When it's hot, it's just faster. Right. Um, And then Like pasta would cook, too. If you just left it in water for 48 hours, it'd be soft. Sure. (laughs) It's not fucking right, though. Um, Okay. But um, it is important to note that I also did... She thinks I didn't, but I strain. Okay, I. Does that make I, it better though? I wait. Just I did <laughs> catapult it at her face. <laughs> I did do He's that. Like, listen, and I was, did slit her throat, but I put a bucket underneath for the blood. <laughs> it, it hit her directly in the middle of the forehead, and I got all over her glasses. Um, but in my defense, it that. was hilarious. Right. <laughs> He's like, in my defense, I knew she would throw it all over my Lululemon shorts, and I could fucking tell the story like it was her fault. No, but I, I did strain it out for so it wasn't like sloppy. It just was like clumpy. It was sloppy because listen, it was just wet I oats. I drained it out. You, it doesn't matter. <laughs> if it was oatmeal, it would have just like stuck in one place, but it just like splattered okay. all over me. Like a It did splatter, but what splattered <laughs> even more was our entire apartment covered in it, oatmeal. Honestly, that was worth it to me. I had to sweep them up three separate times. It was worth it. I mean for the lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Would I do it again? Say, yeah. I would. Yeah. <laughs> Last summer was hell. Okay, that so was So then you moved summer. back to L.A. Then I was like, I need to give L.A. a shot, like a true shot, and not have any like ridiculous men or women be in control of this decision and not doing that for that perspective or reasoning. Um, and so I gave L.A. another shot, and I was like, this is something I want to pursue, you know, getting into commercial work, living the L.A. lifestyle, um, which come to find out 
is so incredibly toxic if you're a person like me um, being introverted. Yeah, I don't know. LA is interesting. I think that being involved in the queer community and seeing West Hollywood in person, I think that that teaches you a lot about what you want and what you don't want. Um, it also teaches you the right and wrong people to hang out with. Um, but it's interesting. You know, I think that it's for some people. It's also not for a lot of people, um, me being that person. And it took me a year to find that out. And I think, like I said, it just taught me so much. Um, and so I'm ready to move on. It taught me everything I needed to know. Um, nothing against LA. I think that it, there's a lot of opportunity there and I met so many fascinating people, but I'm ready to move on. So you said that you're involved in the queer community. So where do you stand in the queer community now? Like, do you feel like you have a place in it? Like, do you feel comfortable there? What, what's your status with it? Right. Um, I think that it is, it's always been an interesting subject for me, you know, growing up, uh, going to church and being involved in these religious communities, it, it gives you a different perspective morally and, you know, just lifestyle wise. Um, and so to see that, I think that LA was a good example of being very far on the spectrum. Um, super queer, which is awesome. I love that people can be themselves, but I don't know that the community has always been something I've wanted to be involved with. Um, you know, my coming out story is a little bit different. I think everyone's story is different, but a lot of people's are, they find out when they're young, you know, 11, 12, 13 years old, who they really are. And they're comfortable with that. Maybe by the time they're like 15 or 16, then they come out and experience a totally different community than I've experienced, you know, finding mm -hmm. out who I was later in life, you know, I had three ex-girlfriends in high school and out of high school um, and then really didn't find out who I was until I was 21, 22 or 23. Um, mm -hmm. And that is when I started to accept myself. And it wasn't until I was 25 that I was like, this is who I am. And I was ready for the world to know. Um, so I ended up coming out on Facebook to everyone at the same time, including my family. Um, Love that. Besides like friends before. Right. There was a few friends that knew. Um, I told some friends in Thailand when I was there. There was one, my friend Brittany knew that I had this relationship for someone um, that I, I dated them for a year. And my parents never knew. Looking back, I, I fully regret that um, because that person was the first love of my life. And I think that that was so challenging to like never have my parents have even have met that person. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, I told my friend Brittany when I was in the middle of that relationship and she was fully supportive. I was like, you're the only person that I have ever told. But keep in mind, I didn't even tell my parents. I didn't tell anyone. I told them all on Facebook at the same time. And the way that worked was I was in a relationship and another relationship. I was walking into work and the person I was dating at that time had sent me a request on Facebook to be Facebook official. And we were dating on and off for three months at this point. And I was like, full send. This is, I'm going to accept this and walk into work. Well, I did. And at the end of my shift, I was managing restaurants and worked a 10 hour shift. I got on my phone and I think I had right around 150 mm. unread messages and phone calls. And oh my God. I was mortified. You know, I, I didn't know what to expect. I was kind of nervous at work, but I almost forgot about it throughout that shift. Um, and then I came back to that 
First thing I did was kind of drop a bomb and walk away. Literally, it was like real grenade style. He was like, "Fuck it." Yeah, it was not the way to do it. I ten out of ten would, like I said, not recommend. But um, thankfully, all all people were accepting except for one person, and I couldn't ask for a better outcome. I think that there's always going to be that one or two or as many people, and thankfully they weren't. I'm fortunate that they weren't family members. Mm -hmm. Um, So honestly, what I like about that though, about you like coming out on Facebook is that the way that you did it it's like this is just who I am right like it's not like you were like you typed a post like I am gay here I am like right you literally just like I'm in a relationship let's go you know yeah it's like maybe people were like wait did I know this did I not know this you know it was like this is a part of you yeah oh oh okay it wasn't like and and anyone can come out however they'd like like obviously that's up to the individual but I think for you that was like perfect knowing you that's just like perfect for who you are because you're not like the type of person to share overshare or share much at all so to just be like yeah i'm in a relationship with this person all of a sudden people are like wait what like they're so confused and that's that's pretty much just like the thing is, what you what really should common. happen is just like everyone should come in like nice, and then they should have yeah, like on so excited, right. yeah. And I, do, and I, do, <laughs> I think a lot of people, yeah, like everyone was really supportive. I feel like they were, um, I you know, and I, I think that's how it should be, it, and that's yeah. why I I did it that way because I've always said, you know, even to the before I came out, that I don't want that to define who I am. It is a part of who I am. I fully acknowledge that but i don't want it to be defining that's right. not how it should yeah. be and not to say that it's bad if it does define you because right. some people they their queerness does define them 100%. and they're super involved in the community and they and, embrace that and, they embrace and, that love, and that. love that yeah. too but it doesn't have to be who you are nope. like right really you don't have to feel that pressure yeah. if that's not like i think everyone should just like obviously live their truth if that's not something that you're like this is 100 percent what I want my entire life to be revolved around. It doesn't have to be yeah. that, even though maybe like stereotypically or, you know, whatever, what you're seeing maybe does look more like that. Right. And there is a stigma behind it. There is, you know, once you make that move, there's the presumption that you are necessarily specifically gay. And there are bi people out there. Honestly, if I were to meet a badass woman, I could date a woman. I wouldn't rule that, that out. But I, yeah. it once you make that move publicly... It does define who you are, sadly, yeah. still to this day, which is, you know, I understand that. Yeah. But to me, coming out has always been weird. The, the fact of coming out, I think that people should just be who they want to be mm-hmm. and live how they want to. But um, it's it's the progress we're making. And I understand that. Um, I, I feel like that's why there's like a lot of biphobia out there because mm-hmm. I'm bi. When you're like, OK, I'm I'm gay. Or like, okay, I'm straight. It's like people can put you in those boxes. Even if it's like, I like the same sex, they feel comfortable with that box. And then it's like you take like bi people and they're like, I don't know what to make of this. I don't know how to let you like, I don't know how to make gender and sexuality like fluid. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? 100%. So. I couldn't agree more. I, I think that I think there is, like I said, that stigma in the queer community that a lot of people think that's not even a thing. They um, think it's like, oh, you're just lying to yourself about being gay. Yeah. Right. And Jackie's like, but that's you not can, it. You, yeah. you can like people for who they are. And right. it's regardless of gender, you know, identifications. And I think that that's something that I've always wanted to, to help fix is that stigma because it's it's prevalent. And I, I wouldn't even identify as anything. You know, I think yeah. that I like people for who they are. And that sounds so cliche, but I really, really do. No, Maybe I like, like that. That's the Frank Ocean way. The yeah. Frank Ocean way. Yeah, like, honestly, same with me. It's more about 
person. Like, I just, like, really don't even talk about it. I'm not out mm-hmm. because I don't care to... But at the same time, I, It's like, like you don't have not, to make yeah. this huge announcement. It's, not, it's like, it's not an if you wanted to date a girl, you could just be like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm dating a girl I feel now. like conversationally, that was fine. Yeah. You know, I, you yeah. do you, by all means. Yeah. But I feel like that's just, like, it was so normal for you just to be like... Right. And that's what right. I and that's right. what I do is I just, like, I'll make you comments. You just say and it. Just yeah. Say, like, you know. People find out more and more about yeah. you, and I get that. But, I, yeah, I wouldn't be hesitant. Right. No, I remember when you... My sexuality is not, like, defining no not at all and like i remember when you first said that to me and i was like oh oh okay cool you know it's like not i don't even think about it i'm just like oh yeah that's cool that's what and and not to be against anyone who's doing this but i feel like a lot of times when you like come out like Mm -hmm. like you sit down your parents and say hey like i'm gay i feel like that's so hard for them because there's just like this harsh line of like okay there's everything before i came out and everything after right where it's like being gay or being whatever, being queer, whatever you are, it's a part of who you are. There's no before and after. It's always been this way. It's just like right. more of a process of finding yourself and discovering it. Right. So to me, it's like a coming out process kind of, that doesn't feel as true mm-hmm. if I just like were to come out. Well, that's why I'm so grateful and thankful for, you know, having that support system there is because it it is, you know, like I said, regardless, it, it is defining of who you are. But if you're supported by the right people, then that wouldn't even be an issue. That's what I think is so fascinating about Gen Z is they're all on the spectrum somewhere, you know, regardless of whether millennials, even boomers, you know, clearly they're not with the time sometimes, but I, Gen Z is fully open to everything. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they've everything. seen this, they're this just is like, what they've okay. grown up with. This is like, this yeah. is normal to them. And I, I love that. And I think for people to not, you know, I don't think there's a lot of homophobia in Gen Z. I will say that wholeheartedly. And I think that. That I love that, and I think we're making progress in the right, right direction. Yeah. They are just so accepting of everybody. Yeah. What are they called? The vibe check on TikTok? They're like, <laughs> they pass the vibe check. Like, honestly, people... Literally, it's just so fun. Like, yeah. I love so much about Gen Z. Everyone, like, always... People in... What is it? Like, Gen Y? Whatever is, like, above millennials. Not boomers, but, like, in between. Mm-hmm. I think it's... No. Gen we're, X. We're technically Gen Y. Gen X. Gen X, yeah. That's, like, our parents. Yeah. No, they, our, my parents are boomers. Oh, well, my parents are Gen X. They're like on the line. Yeah, on the line. So they always want to be like, millennials are so terrible, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, we fucking love Gen Z. Right. They are out here Gen Z accepting. does not like millennials anymore, uh, though. Well, that's fine. I feel like I see so much hate on TikTok for millennials. I feel like it's like older millennials, well, the though. the thing is, like, millennials about. go up until, like, what is it, 45 people, now? At the, yeah. Age of, yeah. the age of 45. Like, yeah. that's totally different. They, those then people us. grew up with, yeah, technology. Well, not you. You're 40, but the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I honestly like, feel like I'm aging by the second in this Shut conversation. Up. So, um, no, but He's not think, 40, guys. <laughs> he's not. No, but I, I, I think that... There are two subtypes in millennials, those people who grew up experiencing com- life completely without technology, and then those millennials who grew up, you know, without technology to an yeah. extent, you know. Right. Yeah, because the cutoff is basically like 9-11. Right. Well, they say, <laughs> it really is. They say 1997. The people but between like the people that, if you remember 9-11, you know, because right. like right. the people who were born in 2000, they don't remember 9-11. I agree but with like that, yeah. the last people who, to remember 9-11 is like 97. 97. Yeah, like that's like Paige is 97. Yeah. Yeah. She's technically like on the line, yeah, on the line. Yeah. of yeah. money on Gen Z. I guess they're not even that little. They're like Actually, in high school. Actually, do you know that Gen Z is not even the youngest generation anymore? There's what a generation that? after that now. What's it called? Generation, generation Alpha. Alpha. <gasps> they're going to rule the world. <laughs> Alphas. They're going to be the last generation. Well, they're going to think of like, <laughs> wait, that's the people that are like, Being they're growing born into childhood like now and they're going to see like masks and COVID mm-hmm. and like Donald Trump as, I saw this thing. Yeah. as normalcy. That yeah. is terrible. 
Terrifying. Yeah, terrifying. 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 I'm so sorry, Generation Alpha. No one, no one from Generation Alpha is old enough to listen to this. Please, God, do not be listening to this. Oh my God, you guys, we're we're basically boomers. <laughs> we're the boomers of the Generation, generation Alpha. We're the mm. to we Generation are. Alpha. We're like the boomers. We're Gen yeah. X to that. No, 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 because Gen X is the one before us. Oh my God, we're, we're boomers to that. <laughs> okay, sorry, I'm so sorry. Like back that. on track. Right, back yeah. on track. All right. Okay, so okay, so now that you're out and you're comfortable with your sexuality, ever since you've been out, you've been more acquainted with the queer community. You know, when you first started becoming more a part of that community versus now, like, do you feel like you have a different view on it? Maybe since living in LA, like you mentioned, how do you feel like your view and your your feelings of like fitting in with that community have changed over time? I think as with any experience, I think that the more you see something or get an understanding of how it operates, I think that your mindset changes. You know, I think when you first, or at least when I first experienced gay culture, it was fascinating to me. It was intriguing. It was an inclusive community where I felt like I could go and express myself the way that I wanted to. Um, even here in Denver, I, you know, you could go to the gay bars or clubs and you just meet these people that are so much fun. Um, and you instantly have something in common, um, which is hard to find, you know, when you're growing mm-hmm. up sheltered or in this in this mindset that you're different um, and you don't relate with anyone. To have that be that ice be broken immediately, you just know that that's what you're walking into. That was amazing. Um, that feeling was something like something I've never experienced. Um, but like I said, the more you're in a community or you're around in a certain environment, you build a better understanding. LA really taught me a lot about the queer community and I think that that is a good and bad thing. You see some things that you're not so fond of. You know, growing up in this, the way that I did, um, morals and values were huge to me and my family and to see, you know, these toxic environments being fostered and almost embraced and it it was an expectation to live up to. It, that was frustrating. Um, you know, all I can ask for is for people to live the, the way that they want to live, you know, and do the things they want to do and shouldn't be shunned for it. Um, and um, I should just say that certain elements, you know, like the hookups, the dating apps, the non-monogamous relationships, um, the rampant racism, the body shaming, and, and then sense of entitlement that come in the gay community, that's something you learn is prevalent. Um, and that is so frustrating to me because all I want is for people, you know, I, I wouldn't change being gay if I could. I would just change the way that gay culture operates. I think that there is an expe- expectation and all I want is for people that are queer to be held to the same moral standards as straight people. Um, and that sounds easy, but it's not. I think that there are a lot of issues in the gay community that could be fixed, but I don't ever want to judge someone for living the way that they want to. I just think that there's an expectation that you're being held to in this community, and it is it is so frustrating to me. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, if anyone can make an assessment on the gay community, you have a right to. Yeah, I, I feel like that is, it's kind of true, and part of it, it's like, because these people in the queer community feel so free, right. they feel like, okay, well, I'm free to hook up with whoever I want. I'm free to explore sexuality and non-monogamy and all this stuff but at the same time it's like i think like especially with like hookup cultures like everyone has a different level of like what they're comfortable with some people are more relationship people some people are more like hookup people and i don't think that that is tied to your sexuality i think that's just tied to who you are and so 
uh, when it comes to like the queer community, there sh- it should be the same as the straight as like straight people. I was going to say straight community, but that's not a thing. Um, <laughs> it should be the same as straight people, where it's like some people are more into hookups and some people are more into relationships, and that's right. how it is. And it should be the same way because I don't think that that's tied to sexuality, but it seems like there's like kind of a culture of like encouraging hookups more. Right. Well, it's almost like an expectation. I feel that's like, what and I think say, like... that's that's what's frustrating to me is like like I said, my I can't reiterate this enough. You do you. Like you live the way you want to live. But if you're putting other people on this pedestal or you're shaming them for living the way, you know, that they want to and expecting them to partake in these certain situations or late night raves or, you know, these hookups, it's don't even get me started on dating apps in the gay community because that is a whole nother book. But it's like it's it is an expects an expectation. I think that you need to take these people off the pedestal and I love progressive people like James Charles and these people that are paving the path. Harry Styles is a good recent example, you know, that are paving this path, but expecting people to live up to the, the old standards that we've had in place is just not realistic and yeah. it's frustrating. For you, like, do you ever feel like maybe you don't fit into that community or... Uh, I mean, or is like being, is being able to pick and choose what you want to be involved in with the queer community, is that part of the culture do you think i think that that there's a stigma behind that i think that if you fall into this community and la is west hollywood is a specific example again that is a lifestyle there is an expectation that comes along with that and i think that to dabble in a little bit of this or a little bit of that is is kind of frowned upon um and so i mean i've always been okay with doing that i think that i've made my own goals and ambitions first and foremost um, and I've drawn the line a lot of times um, but a lot of people are afraid to because there is that expectation and you will be judged or canceled or you know there's a lot of famous people in LA and West Hollywood that have said one or two small things you know out of line with the expectations of the queer community and they're canceled um, and I think that that's not how it should be everyone is not going to think the same don't have the same background didn't grow up the same way and i think that that's okay and no one has to agree on everything and to have this expectation in the gay community that this is how it has to be goes against everything that the people who built this community stood for you know they mm-hmm. paved the path they made the changes and i think that we need to continue to change and evolve and make those changes as well so yeah and it seems like with gen z that's kind of what's happening anyways so you mentioned Harry Styles. Is he a is he a yes or no for you? Is he a yes or a no? He's a yes for everybody, Jackie. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, Jackie. I'm so sorry. I found the hottest video of him. Okay, it's fine. We'll talk I don't about know that he's later. He's telling that like he's it's everything to me. Like he's really not. I don't. I'm, I know. He's not but my he's also crush. So, I mean, so yeah. I think he's. I'll think show he's you this. Hot. I think you'll. I'm, I think you'll like it. I I do. I mean, sure. <laughs> After this, you certainly will. Okay. This TikTok, guys. We'll post it's it on just, our Instagram. It's not really, it's not, he's not really like my type of dude. But although I do like Timothy Chalamet, and they're the same type mm, of dude. I also saw her Timothy Chalamet. That doesn't do anything for me. That doesn't do anything. Okay. Okay. So you you mentioned James Charles. You mentioned Harry Styles. Um, so let's like dive into toxic masculinity a little bit. Do you feel like toxic masculinity has affected you since coming out as gay? Like, do you feel like do you feel like um, it postponed your coming out time? You know, it, that's always been an, an interesting subject for me as well. But I feel like I've never, I, I'm not the most effeminate person, but I'm also not the most masculine. I think that that's always been something that's apparent. You know, when I came out 
and my mom called me, she was like, I always had a suspicion, which is fine. Um, you know, I, I don't think that I'm overly masculine. I don't think that I'm super feminine and that's okay. Um, I have dealt with toxic masculinity. I think any male has, any female has. Um, I think it would be irresponsible to say that you haven't. Um, but I don't know. I think more and more lately, you brought up Harry Styles. I think, you know, his his cover on the magazine was phenomenal. Um, I think that that made a lot of progress. But what was missing from that, um, you know, was some acknowledgement of the people of color and other inspiring people that came before him and that paved that path to make that possible. Um, I think that that's something that was forgotten. Um, I think that we wouldn't be where we are today without those people. Um, and so I've read that article and I think that it is irresponsible to not mention those people. You know, there was people 20 years ago wearing these clothes, you know, um, and for Harry Styles to be the one to make fashion androgynous is a little bit, a little bit appalling to me. Um, you look back like Andre 3000 20 years ago yeah. was paving that path or even four years ago, Young Thug. Um, I think that these people, you know, fashion wise, they... They really set the bar. Um, I feel like just fashion in general has always been about like walking that line. You know, that's like right. a, mm-hmm. it's a huge component of fashion. Right. It's just like the line between like femininity and masculinity. Right. But it's not right. just fashion too. It's like it's it's the gay com- and queer community as a whole. You know, there was people who spoke out. You know, Audrey Lord, she's a lesbian feminist and poet. Um, Marsha P. Johnson, who participated in the Stonewall riots. There's these people that made what we have today possible mm-hmm. and it's irresponsible for us to go to say that forward he... to, to claim that he's the one that did it I, right I am and i like it. And I, I'm I would so certainly hope that no one especially in the queer community would would think that he started that because they, obviously he didn't but for him to be the first male to cover that magazine just because he was dressed in androgynous clothing it like i said it's appalling to me and i think that it I find it interesting that why America is only beginning to give a shit or care. It's Vogue. My thing is, like, on the other side of that, there's people who think it's appalling because he's wearing a dress. That's, to me, the toxic masculinity part of it. I hear what you're saying when it's like, it would be ridiculous to say that he was the first person to do that of course he wasn't or the first person that he was the first person on this magazine is that, is that right. what you're saying yeah. Yeah, to be dressed in androgynous clothing no right but and for what, people to like idolize that because it's there are so many unmentioned names and for people to only just now in it what it is is it's white america it's rural white america these people that are have grown up with the idea of the american dream being the ideal way and that's fine um but it's those people and it's I'm glad for and thankful for the progress, but it, it's it's appalling to me that we're just now coming to this point. And there's a, there's a quote by Yvette Clark, who I think is a congresswoman now, but she said, "By only by acknowledging the success and sacrifice by those who came before us, we can fully understand what we must do to ensure liberty for those who will succeed us." And that is so prevalent in the gay community. I feel like you have to acknowledge those people that came before you. You have to do that. You can't just put these people on a pedestal. Harry Styles, it's great. Progress is great. I cannot emphasize that enough. But you have to remember where we came from in order right. to move forward. And who really paved the way and who really right. basically took the backlash for that. Like, yeah, yeah. he's getting backlash right. for it. And that's obviously still shitty because who cares? But it's right. mostly praise. And that, and that's the difference. Right, is that it the is. The people who did it first, mm-hmm. it was did nothing it. but 
hatred. Yeah, ridicule. Riots. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. It's yeah. yeah, it's nothing but riots, and they've got they've gotten beaten. They've they've ultimately ruined their lives for this progress. Whereas it's forwarding Harry Styles' career. Right. You know, exactly. so that, that's the difference. Is that Harry Styles can thrive because these people before him. Right. These people walked so he could run. They didn't. Honestly. They didn't walk. These yeah. people were beaten and thrown into jail so that he could right. run. You right. know, that's and like, it's and yeah, I that's yeah, like that's crazy to say that he started this or he was the first person right. to do this. Exactly. I think, you know, what you're saying is that there this is a great place that we've come, right. but there's still work to do. One hundred percent. I I think that, you know, him being this alluring person that he is, he was a, a good person to do this because it it's someone that these people who aren't really comfortable with sexuality and gender identifications and this whole you know, movement, it, it's making it okay to them in their minds. Mm. Harry it's so Styles, weird. for example, yeah, that's it. is you know, this may not be abnormal to him because over there it's like I feel like they are more fluid. I could be wrong. Um, but I th- I think that this is like it is an American issue and this is something we are making progress. We have to acknowledge the change, but we also have to like realize that there will be those people who will be upset. Um, and so how do we change their mindsets on that? And I think that goes back to changing the idea of the American dream. I can't reiterate that enough. I noticed that toxic masculinity, I see it affecting all the men in my life and mm-hmm. it's never for good. Like every every guy I've ever dated is so insecure Mm -hmm. um with their masculinity and always trying to like prove something you know do you like do you feel like that the belonging to the queer community do you feel like that you escape from that a little do you feel like do you still feel it a lot i feel like it is i mean i you do feel it but i feel like it there is a little bit more lenience um the people who i see this affecting most and you guys may or may not disagree is with our military and our vets these people are coming back with all sorts of mental illnesses, PTSD, trauma, everywhere. And they're held, especially in that community, they are held to be the manliest of men. Mm-hmm. And they're coming back with these issues. They're not able to say anything. They're not able to speak to their wives or you know, live the way that they want to live because they're taught in those branches of the military to be men. Mm-hmm. to be you know this specific way and they're hiding these issues and that's why you're seeing such high suicide rates in this specific community yeah and i think that that is a problem that is something where toxic masculinity is affecting a lot of people then it's almost silent because people aren't understanding that that's the way it is and again i can it's tied back to the american dream you're supposed mm-hmm. to go into the military you're supposed to work a you're blue collar like job a you're supposed to be a man provide for your it. family and it's like right okay and what if they're not doing well. What if mentally yeah. they're not okay? What if they're struggling with something? They're not allowed to say that. Right, but I, and I feel like being a man, you have a different perspective than what toxic masculinity means. And there may be a lot of people out there that view it differently who are also identify as male. But from a woman's perspective, you know, you view toxic masculinity as mansplaining, you know, maybe or doing these certain other elements that you don't necessarily, that I don't see or that, you know, and I'm seeing things that you don't see. Um, mm-hmm. what, but, what I see in it is having to assure every single man that, you know, I date, talk to, whatever, that that it's like okay to express your feelings mm-hmm. and that I won't judge you. And it's every single man saying, you're the only person I can talk to. It's being every man's therapist is what like I see as toxic masculinity because 
men don't men can't talk to other men right you know and then it's like when they can get their actual feelings out and so it's women taking on the burden of being their therapist which okay i think that's fine because Mm -hmm. they do need someone to talk to better than no one but it sucks that that burden is on women instead of like when, when i'm upset i can talk to nicole you know right right it's like for the way that i see it and a lot of times i see it more in straight men obviously like i i have noticed that a lot of gay men that i know feel much more comfortable expressing themselves talking about their feelings like it's not it's not you know once they've accepted themselves and they're comfortable in who they are they're okay with doing that and there's no their desire and it's like like, no one Mm -hmm. it's almost like no one is expecting them to be super manly people are almost expecting them to be super feminine yeah so they're like well screw it i'll just like spill my feelings so it's like and I can't, obviously, I cannot speak to how gay men feel. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But this is just what I've experienced. So I think for me, it's seeing straight men and even like kids, like boys, feeling like they can't cry. They can't do this. They can't do that. We're all just, we're human. Yeah, know, it doesn't have to. It's not like, so oh, because I have a vagina, I get to cry. Like, right. I think that that's the progress we're making now is like that change. Yeah. And I think that this tying back to Harry Styles, it, acknowledging that change and paving that path is important mm-hmm. and it's a slow change it's right. not gonna it's happen not gonna like, overnight. Not gonna you're not gonna it, change yeah. those people's mind that view that as disgusting or disturbing but you're acknowledging it you're making its presence known and that's all you can do for now a lot of times and i think that that is progress and i think the progressive change is fascinating but again we we cannot forget those people that have made the changes before us so important yeah, I mean, like you said, I think getting, I think it's just like continuing to be aware of it and it's to small changes. Yeah, it's step by step. You yeah. can't make a, a giant leap. That's just not realistic. Right. Yeah, I, it brings me back to one of like my role models. His name is Daryl Davis. He's from Maryland, and he has spent a lot of his lifetime trying to form relationships with people in the KKK and have have made over two hundred members of the KKK hang up their robes. Um, he's a black man and he just gets to know their family and eventually kind of talks them out of their fear after being friends with this black guy for so long they're just like i can't hate black people this man he's my role model because it's not like he he doesn't make friends with them and then they immediately hang up the robes i think like the first one took like years mm-hmm. where he he made after years of being friends with this person, he made them hang up their robe. And I think that it just shows that people, that change, it's not a quick thing and it takes a really long time of being exposed to the same thing over and over again. And that's what a lot of people need because with toxic masculinity, what it is is you're just, you're not exposed to a lot of a lot of the stuff you're this is all you know it's unfamiliar it's yeah yeah, exactly so like just being exposed to it over and over again creating awareness of it that's how we move forward that's how we create change 100 percent. yeah and and lasting change because change when it's quick i don't really think it's lasting all right all right to wrap it up do you just want to give some advice to people in the queer community and just final like final thoughts um yeah i think that you know, everyone has their own specific path. I don't think that there's one normal way to do this. And if anything, you know, you're listening or and you've had your own experience, I just want you to know that 
what you're going through is is normal. If I were to give advice, it would just be stay in your own lane. You know, I I just don't think it's conducive to being a happier, enjoyable person if you're out there ragging on a certain person or a lifestyle or a certain way of living. You know, you are entitled to your own opinions, but I don't think you need to necessarily voice that all the time. And one mistake I know that I'm guilty of myself is like letting that anger and fear and frustration fester inside of you or me. I think that, you know, I held that in for the longest time and that's the worst way to do it. You know, but you have to be able to listen to those people around you and use those resources available to you to better yourself and to get yourself through that situation because there is happiness out there and just be who you are. Great. Lovely last words. Yeah. Well, we are going to take a quick break. To and- kill Tanner. Yes. Last, he won't, they were the real he last won't be here when we come back. No, he'll be here. We're going to play a game of Not My Cup of Tea. We are reversing it because, as you all know, we usually drag Tanner. Yeah. Tanner's now going to tell us all the weird stuff he does, and we're <laughs> going to say if it's our cup of tea. So we will be right back with that. All right, we're back. <laughs> Bro. Here we are. <laughs> We're all here. Thanks for sticking around <laughs> for that after that three second uh, musical interlude. Yeah, truly an amazing segue. All right, we're gonna it's play. Good to have you back. Yeah, I cannot wait to drag you right now. I can't wait. <laughs> I do it. Drag you. I'm just more. There's nothing weird that I do though. I'm just kidding. Oh my god. <laughs> Girl, you're about to just drag know. yourself. We also have both lived with you. Go ahead. Go okay. ahead. No, I was just gonna say. Do you remember the night that we met? That we for like that we hung the, out for the first time. Was it time? the girl behind the projector? That night, remember that the girl night. was like behind the projector I don't know, screen. But you came back to my my apartment. You were staying the night. Oh my god, staying the night at my place. And yeah. What did I say to you? You said you can sleep in the bed, but no funny business. And I was like, is this guy gay? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> because I had a huge crush on him. Yeah. Because I mean, that, that was a reoccurring you know, thing. That's how, face. that's how I know you. Like that's how I first heard about you. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, like, I was like, I oh, have a crush on this guy. His name is also Tanner. Yeah, that was so dated terrible. A Tanner. Yeah. Sorry, like, Tanner, I have a crush on a second Tanner. Yeah, that's how I like found out. Yeah, because yeah. we started working existence. together in like September. Right. So it was like during that time. Actually, when I first met you, I did not and like Nicole you. And Nicole's like, I'm pretty sure that he's gay. And and then Nicole's like, why do I do this to myself? <laughs> that was the first time that it happened. <laughs> but not the last. <laughs> no. Ooh, the I haven't liked any other gay men after that. Mm. that was, oh, yeah. What about the guy who wanted to mm. have sex with Tanner too? <laughs> oh, God. We're not getting into that on this podcast. Um, okay, that did happen. Yeah. That was honestly, honestly, that was kind of my tanner because he said, I can't tell if this guy's gay. Go find out. <laughs> I went over to try to find out. Next thing you know, this guy's making out with me. And I was like, abort mission. He is not gay. Turns out he might he have might been. might be gay. Sorry to that man. If you're listening. Wait, did he make out with me after that? I don't know who he No, is. not that night. Not that night. Oh. He and I went home together that night. And then we hooked He's up another night. man out that made out with me. Yeah, over, like over many. You? No. Oh, you mean like physically? Yeah. yeah, I yeah. This is what I'm saying. Okay, that okay. was one other thing I was not aware of. <laughs> I also let that guy put his gum in my mouth, so that was like really a low point for me. Um, but yeah, so so we met because, and you said no funny business. I said That's no right, funny business. I was like, there's no way. And but did she? Yeah, no. We had, there was no funny business. No, 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 no. We just slept in the same bed. I was Had like, I have known our friendship was going to evolve into what it is. He's like, I had I known, I would have actually fucked you. <laughs> oh my no. god! But I think, um, Cut that out. <laughs> I just, I haven't had the best. I mean, Nicole knows. 
with women. My track record is not the best. You mean with women friends? No, no, no. You mean with like female dating, women? Fe- yeah, dating female <laughs> women. What? We've all been drinking. <laughs> no. Um, what do you mean your track record's not the best? Like Oh, just with my ex-girlfriend. I feel like, I mean. Oh, because like. Two of them are lesbian. Out to be and one is. Just they all turned my... out to be lesbians. Two okay, turned so... out to be lesbians. One married his brother. Just <laughs> shut brother. up. No, I'm not kidding. We shout love out to you, Gabby. Gabby. We love her. <laughs> you dated we Gabby? Love... <laughs> yeah. yeah, he married. They just got married like a, uh, two months ago. I know that she follows me on Instagram now. Oh, well, we love Gabby. Um, we lo- we but do. Yeah, we so love Gabby. She's my ex girlfriend. Um, I also have two other ex girlfriends who are now lesbian. There's a third that I dated who is, I mean, a fourth. This would be a fourth who is married and has two children also. So I just, I think I dodged some bullets. But so you became the, friends with me and you were Nicole like, I'm definitely gay. bullet I dodged. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I've been your longest standing friend. I'll tell you that right now. So the first cup of tea question is, Nicole, your yes. cup of tea? Yeah. <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> Don't lie, you guys. No, I do have some good ones that I wanted to ask you guys about. Okay, you go ahead. I've been dragged so many times on here. Um, he needs to clear his name by saying weird, more weird shit that he's done. <laughs> I'm not going to. No, I'm not going to say it. Um, washing all of your clothes together. Your cup of tea or no? You mean like mixing to, colors? Yeah, 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 just like everything together. Not my cup of tea. I sort my clothes. No, I usually don't sort my clothes. You just wash it all together. I just wash it all together. Yeah, okay. Yeah, because yeah, like... <laughs> because I'm crazy, okay. Because Tanner's t- like, I don't judge anyone on how they live, except for Jackie. We're washing all our clothes together. <laughs> <You> psycho. <laughs> Yeah, no, I just have clothes together. But so I'll separate delicates and not delicates, but I won't separate colors. Gotcha. Wow, I have four different loads of laundry. I have like a lot of loads. I have like reds and pinks. Shoes. If I'm really feeling destructive for the washer and dryer. Anything that went to Charlie's goes in the washer. (laughs) No, that needs like me in the washer. (laughs) My skin in the washer. (laughs) My soul washer. R.I.P. Charlie's. Um, Okay, what about top sheets? On beds. Oh. Mm, I'm like 50-50. I can go without it, but I like it if I want to take the comfort off. If I'm too hot, mm-hmm. I like to take the comfort off and just have the sheet. Okay. I did that like when I lived in New York. I didn't sleep with the comforter, just a sheet because it was obviously, you know, hot as shit. Right. I, oh, I, I hate top sheets, to be honest with you. I'm honestly just starting to get used to them. Right. Because I'm like, I want to be an adult. I'm going to use a top sheet. Same. I hate them, though. I don't. I, I despise them. I cannot the sleep with a top sheet. Sometimes yeah. if I don't have one, it feels like I'm just like loosely under the comforter. Like it's there's I nothing like, like, like holding me in the bed. I don't that's like, a, that's a mental thing. I don't like the. I, I like, like being like in bed, like mm-hmm. with lots of I mean, like, a weighted wrapped. blanket is a thing, but like also a top sheet a is A top so sheet pointless. is kind of pointless, but. And it gets all over the place. It like moves around a lot. Yeah. It's just like. So you know what I hate at hard to make the bed. Yeah. At hotels, they have like all the weird layers of bedding. Mm-hmm. There's like a comforter, a quilt, a blanket, a sheet, another sheet. I'm like, what? Do you stay at Marriott? Why do you need all that? <laughs> do you stay at Marriott hotels? <laughs> Guys, I should have put this in the intro. Oh my God, that would have been fire. He's a platinum, silver, gold, elite. <laughs> I hate you. So presidential much. Marriott rewards oh member. Oh my goodness. I do only stay at Marriott's. Um, okay, anyway, enough Marriott's? about that. Your cup of tea? <laughs> do you want to sponsor this? I'll gladly support them. Um, what about microwaves? I I know that this is going to get me hate. I think that microwaves are bad for you. and no, I That's re- not going to get you hate with me. Once again, I'm being exiled from my own podcast. You know what I don't like 
about microwaves is that when I'm listening to music on my AirPods or listening to a show, when I start the microwave, the Bluetooth cuts out, and Does I don't really? like that. Yeah, well, I've never had that like happen. That. It freaks me out. I've never realized. I mean, I've never. I never haven't used, used a microwave in so. at least five yeah, years. Yeah, I, so. I well, I've never had that happen at all. Also, like working in the food industry, you see there's, there's so like, much stuff that's microwaved. Yeah, but it's the so restaurants that I have worked on, not necessarily so much, but like there BJ's. are some restaurants. PJ, I mean, we are trashing BJ's. The thing is, like, I just I've I don't know if anyone listening has seen the experiment or you guys where. They took two plants, they took water that they microwaved and cooled it down to room temperature, and then they took regular like tap water and they fed these two plants, so it was like kind of an, a science experiment. But they fed them both the same amount of water, and the plant that got the water that had been microwaved died within two days. Like, think I, about if that's killing a plant, what it's doing to your body. Like, yeah. that's just... I mm-hmm. don't think microbes are good for you. Like, I use mm-hmm. them, but I'm sure they're not great. No. However, I heard that that experiment was like debunked. You can look it up. Wasn't I don't know, but I think it was like faked. But whatever. I mean, I also don't think microbes are good. Do I use them? Yeah. Food I do just, believe everything I hear, unfortunately. So yeah. it's definitely not good for you. Do I use them? Yeah. Am I going to stop? Probably not. That's that's where I'm <laughs> so at. No, I don't. So I don't like for everyone else food. listening to this, probably who relates to me, you're you're not alone. <laughs> I'm actually surprised you guys have been kind of divided on everything that I've asked. Um, yeah. Maybe we should break up. <laughs> I think you should have one last one. Okay. Well, this is the last Wait, one? I actually have two more. Okay. Yeah, okay. Ahead. What about trash in your car? Uh, Are you the type of person that like, I actually... Like hoards trash? Right. Just like, no, there's like, you like get in their car, you like get in their passenger seat and you see like, there's like bottles and McDonald's bags and like books and things all over the ground. You know what I'm talking yeah. about, right? Mm-hmm. Is that, or is that no. you guys? No. I like sometimes we'll have like a receipt, a couple receipts on the ground or something like random, which I'd need to get out or like maybe an empty water bottle, but I don't have like loads of stuff. Like I mean, you guys have been in my car. It's not like, I have like my yeah. license plate that fell off my car. That's in there. And maybe like a, maybe like a granola bar wrapper, RX bar wrapper, mm-hmm. RX sponsor. So you are a trash person. No, like it's just like if I, I'll leave it in there for like a couple days. It's gotcha. not like you end up in my car. Yeah. What are you? Why are you asking me? Like, I don't have a car. Oh, Jackie, yeah, Jackie's not a car. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you don't have a car. Yeah. I'm not like I don't take every single little thing out of my car when I get out. Like, mm. I know you do. I know you I, take it out. It kind of builds up for me when I did have a car. It kind of built up, um, oh. and then all like, at once I'd clean it, which is what how I am in life. Is that I just pretty much get to like a boiling point, and then I like figure shit out. Yeah. Oh, I am. I have so... like a couple things here and there, but it's not like there's trash everywhere. It's like oh, mm. I have. A receipt or a wrapper, and then I'll like take them out after like a week. I feel like if you were to get in my car anytime, <laughs> there would never always, be trash in there. There's never maybe like a gum it's wrapper. Also, also like it's clean all the time. Anyway, uh, it's OCD. That wasn't even controversial. He just wanted to clarify. He's he just wanted person. to say that he's really clean. No, yeah. just I didn't know. <laughs> he's getting dragged again. We're <laughs> <laughs> just fuck with you. Go ahead. Okay. Go to the next one. Um, this is the last one. Children having them. <laughs> Children, no. Having my own, yeah. <laughs> Children in general, no. The fact that that's different is interesting. People, there's people all over the place who are like, I don't like other people's kids, but I like my kids. You want kids? I want kids, yeah. How many kids do you want? Maybe two. Two. Three is hard. I got ganged up on a lot. Just kidding. Yeah, I never got I, ganged I up on. Also, <laughs> but you were a middle child. That's different. Yeah, I, I always was ganged older, up on everyone. Older child, and yeah. I mean, Did you get ganged up on? No, I was always the ganger. <laughs> you against your twin brother? No, 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 no. It wasn't me against my twin brothers. It was me and another twin against a different twin. Oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. So do you want children? Do I want children? <laughs> yes. Actually, what's weird is 
um, I didn't want kids. And then all of a sudden, when I like right before I turned 25, it was like a switch. I was like, mm, I, I want, that. I want kids all of a sudden. <laughs> it was really weird. It was just like, I was in France, um, and and I was in this pastry shop, and I was like, this little girl was looking at me, and her mom was like focusing on other stuff. She was like focusing on ordering and stuff. And so I was like, kind of keeping this child like entertained. And like for some reason, I was just like. I love this child. <laughs> and I was like, I want, I want kids, like, all of a sudden. Um, that was a very, like, yeah. It's just, like, beautiful a, story. A snap. It was just a snap moment, and I was like, I'll never forget, I'll never forget She's it. She's like, I was just in France. Yeah. And, and then, and I shop. also realized that the person I was there with was not the person I want to have kids with. <laughs> Sorry to that man. It was one beat, and then the next. <laughs> Sorry to that man. But, yeah. So, I do want kids, and I do like kids as well. Mm-hmm. I think I just get annoyed with kids easily. But Nicole does not have good patience. I don't. It's I get annoyed but, really But kids easily. will teach you patience. I, on the mm-hmm. other hand, am very patient, which is why I think I don't mind kids at all. Could not be me. Tanner's even less patient than me, if you can imagine. I, I honestly cannot. <laughs> I get annoyed really easily. Yeah. But the thing is, I do Being want in a car with Nicole. I mean, I feel it. Like- <laughs> the road rage. Yeah. Um, you do want kids? I do want kids. I, I, I'm not necessarily a fan at this point in my life of screaming children. Um, I mean, it's a little bit more interesting in the queer community, obviously you're cho- given your choices, but I think that I do want kids. Um, you always say you want a baby. I, I have baby fever, I do. That's so <laughs> weird, huh? I'm a, I don't know, I just think that, I mean, you'd have to find the right person. Yeah. But I also think you that raising a child, yeah, by yourself as a single dad would be so fucking cool. Um, that would be I, so fun. Yeah, Run your know. business and raise your kid. That'd be a lot of work. It would be. But <laughs> Get I also, a nanny. Yeah, just adopt a foster child. I mean, that's adopt an so older child to take care of the younger child. That's what? how we do it. That's, yeah. that's what you do with dogs, too. <laughs> I want a dog, too. I was like, a dog or a child? Mm, I mean, it's kind of I, a You could get, up. like, a dog and see if it, like, yeah. satisfies that. It's pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Except that, that human can grow up and make choices like killing people. So right. <laughs> you do have to be a little bit more careful. Whereas your dog, I guess your dog could kill someone. Yeah. Depending on how you treat it. I wouldn't be surprised if Tanner killed someone. Me. If I die. Well, yeah, I mean, if I die, investigate Tanner first. <laughs> <laughs> of course. There's lots of text proof of him mm. saying that he wants to kill me. It's just like pretty common. Well, thank you guys well, so much for having me on. Yeah. I feel like this was... A great conversation, and I am so glad to come on here and clear my name because being bashful honestly for seven <laughs> other episodes is was fa- it was just fantastic and fascinating. But um, <laughs> thank you for giving me the chance to really come and clear things up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we're glad we could do that for you. I feel yeah. like we still bashed you a lot in this episode, <laughs> but it was mm-hmm. you. It was yes, friendly bash. Yeah, I, um, I mean, Jackie doesn't know you well enough. cut that out he doesn't know Um, me well enough i know him i walked in the door and he goes hey it's nice to meet you and i go we have met before (laughs) oops um well tell people where they can find you yes uh you can follow me on linkedin and um I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, but you really can. No, just go to tannerely.com and there is a link to all my social oh, media. Oh yeah, Tanner is amazing at buying websites, guys. He is out here. Okay, are you trying to start tea right now? We just <laughs> talked about tea. We don't have to bring up more tea. Um, uh, but yes, you can follow me on tannerely.com. It has my LinkedIn, even my Spotify if you want to follow me on there. But Tanner used to use Apple Music. <laughs> That's my one thing.
You know, she wife. doesn't trust you. I don't trust you both. Okay, either. I don't use it anymore. You don't use it anymore. Yeah, I just got I just got someone to switch from using I use Google Play to Spotify. Google Play. Oh my god. <laughs> That's a thing. I, I got to switch. Our and podcast I, is on there actually. <laughs> well, <laughs> we can together. never start fresh. Okay. You can find us on Instagram at so good so far podcast you can find me on instagram at nicole pilgrim you can find me at jackie's attic and you can also find us now on twitter at so good so far pod and we will be back next week with an episode about who knows what could be anything we have no <laughs> idea we haven't planned it. <laughs> yeah all right well stay tuned for that and we will see you next week have a good week it's been so, so good, good so, so far. far goodbye bye guys Okay, it's not, so it's not your voice; it's the laugh. It's the fucking laugh. It's not finding joy in things, you know. What is Episode joy? Episode eight. We don't know what Tanner. joy is. Welcome what? to So Good So Far podcast. Today we're discussing joy. <laughs> <laughs> you have you ever the felt wrong it? fucking guest um, yeah. for joy. No. Okay.